Saints fans, Pelicans fans, let's go. This is the Black and Blue Report. Black. Bree is going to go deep. He's got Graham. Touchdown. Blue. Down the lane. Shoots. No. Tip follow in for Davis with three tenths of a second left. Welcome into the podcast for the fans, straight from the teams they love. It's good to see you guys, and uh, I didn't know we had Studio B here in our facility. Good setup. Now that I know where your guys' little office is, I can pop in here whenever I want. Well, we're playing through AD, and so everybody's going to have to adjust to that. Coaches, players, analysts, celebrities, and more. That guy's Anthony Mackie. I've gotten in many of our arguments about the Pelicans and the Saints uh, over the years. Harry County Jr. joins us here on the Black and Blue Report. Undoubtedly, to me, the Saints are the singular reason that New Orleans is back on the map. Hoda Kotb from the Today Show on NBC, our guest. You know, New Orleans gets in your blood. The Saints never leave it once they get in there. This is the Black and Blue Report, straight from the source. No appointment radio. Wherever, whenever. Now, from Studio B, or from wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Sean Kelly. How goes it? Welcome into the Black and Blue Report on this Monday. The podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans is ready to go. And I'm Sean Kelly. We're coming to you from our Smoothie King Center studios today as the Pelicans continue uh, at home against the Utah Jazz tonight. We're almost to the All-Star break. Only two games left now until the break. Utah tonight, Indiana on Wednesday. These are two big ones. Uh, It goes bang, bang, bang right now with 8, 9, and 10 in the standings. And with Oklahoma City getting a big win yesterday, Phoenix losing, and the Pelicans losing on Saturday. Uh, We're right back to where we started, it seems like, uh, midweek last week. So, We'll keep an eye on all that as we get toward the break here. And the Pelicans obviously have some business to take care of against the Jazz tonight and the Pacers on Wednesday. Uh, Questionable, that's the word about Anthony Davis. He has a sprained shoulder. Uh, He did not speak with the media this morning at shoot-around. I I guess if you're asking for my personal opinion, I, I I would be surprised if he plays tonight against the Jazz. But then again, this is a young man who may be spending all day trying to get ready to go and might try and give it a shot tonight. We'll see. Uh, we'll hear from Coach Williams uh, certainly at 5.15 p.m. Kind of, We may get the official word at that point whether Davis is a go or not. Um, I would say the Pelicans right now are planning to play without him, and Quincy Pondexter will talk about that uh, with us here before we get out of our uh, podcast with you today. Quincy spoke to the media after uh, the morning shoot-around today here at Smoothie King Center. So we've got Jazz and Pelicans certainly tonight, and we're going to talk a little more about Anthony Davis, but in an all-star way with Mark Spears from Yahoo Sports. He's with us on this Monday. We love Mark. He gives us great national perspective. You want to always, always check out what he's doing at Yahoo Sports as he covers the NBA. We're glad to have him back today. And then uh, Dave Henners, one of the Pelicans' assistant coaches, is our guest today. Uh, and that's with the passing of um, legendary coach Dean Smith. Uh, sad news, of course, over the basketball world on Saturday night when Coach Smith passed away at the age of 83. Um, we we all kind of knew this was coming at some point. Coach had been uh, in the grips of dementia and, and maybe Alzheimer's too here over the last few years. Um, but at the age of 83, things had been declining. 
and uh, Coach Smith passes over the weekend and leaves us with a, a legacy to be probably unmatched on a lot of different fronts. And so we'll celebrate Coach today. We'll learn a little bit more about Coach Smith from Dave Hanners. Dave Hanners played for Coach Smith at Carolina and also worked for Coach Smith as an assistant coach for a long time at North Carolina. So he is a Carolina man through and through, um, and we'll have him today, albeit a little bit of an emotional visit with Dave as the news is still so new, but uh, he's a treasured part of our basketball staff with the New Orleans Pelicans, and uh, we're really lucky to have a Dean Smith guy, frankly, uh, in our locker room. So a very special visit with Coach Hanners here coming up in just a moment. Other than that, we're good to go. We're all set. Mark Spears from Yahoo Sports, Quincy Pondexter in just a little bit to talk about tonight's game against the Jazz. But first, a quick timeout and then a special visit with assistant coach Dave Hanners. I'm Tom Richards. I'm 35 years old, vice president of sales at a regional paper company. Six months ago, we decided to transition to one of those cool collaborative open space offices. So now I sit in the open next to three other sales managers, which means there's nothing separating me from... (coughs) Not getting Carl's nasty cold and missing a sales opportunity this winter? That is my purpose. Blend it now. Try the new Immune Builder Smoothie at Smoothie King. It's the tastiest way to stay healthy this winter. Smoothie King. Smoothies with a purpose. The New Orleans Pelicans are having a sale. Right now, pick any three games for as low as $24 with the Special Man plan. I want to go to the Pacers, Nets, and Heat. You have to see the Special Man. Let him have it. With no problem. Say I say, you say I say. Get your Pelicans three game plan today. See the Special Man. I got the $24. Let him have it. We'll put you in a great seat today with no problem. Visit pelicans.com to get your Special Man plan today. We're talking Pelicans basketball on the Black and Blue Report. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Um, and as we uh, promised, Dave Hanners here with us today on the podcast for Pelicans and Saints fans. Uh, Dave Hanners is one of our treasured assistants on the Pelicans coaching staff under head coach Monty Williams. He's been a good friend and he's a great storyteller. Uh, but unfortunately, it's, it's the wrong kind of circumstances, I guess, Coach Hanners, that we have you on today. Uh, remember, remembering uh, your friend and your mentor, uh, Dean Smith. Yes, uh, it is a sad day for a lot of the guys, that, for all of the guys that played for Coach Smith. Um, <clears throat> but it's, it's like I said before, it's, it's also a wonderful day because uh, we get to, you know, revel in Coach Smith's greatness and, and hear other people, you know, praise him and talk about him. So it's a wonderful time also. Is it is it wonderful in the sense that also now coach can can be laid to rest? This has been a difficult last couple of years, I know for, I know for coach, but for all of you as well who have known him uh, in a much different way. Yes, Sean, that's a great point because um, you know it's been three years since I've been to Chapel Hill to see Coach Smith, and the reason's simple: the last time I went, it was I, I know I put him in an uncomfortable position of you know not being fully aware of who I was. And, and why I was important and to him, but he felt it and you could see it. And I just didn't think it was worth, you know, putting him in that position to do it again. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of the, a lot of the players felt that way. Dave, do you remember what you all talked about there in your last visit? Uh, golf, <laughs> believe it or not. We always talked about Larry Brown, uh, how coach was doing, because at that point, you know, when the last time I was there, I was actually just, 
had completed working with Larry Brown. And so we always, he always asked how Larry was doing, but he always wanted to know about golf and if I was still playing and, and, um, you know, that was his, one of his favorite passions in life was golf. And he asked me about that. But of course, he always asked about my parents. He always asked about my love life and, uh, how Michaela was doing. So his memory of course was, was, was fading a little bit at that point, but not, to the degree we didn't remember certain things. So, Coach, we were just talking about Dean Smith just, I mean, literally days ago, um, and you were sharing with me the story of how he never forgot anybody's name. Um, he'd meet you one time, you said, and, and the next thing you know, he'd run into you and you wouldn't be expecting it, and he'd ask you a question about how things were. I mean, it's amazing how many great stories are being told about Coach Smith and everybody seems to have their own unique stories. It's not the same six stories being retold. It's it's hundreds and hundreds of different stories. Well, and, you know, talking about his memory, one of the first things, as when I went back as an assistant coach, you know, in the 89 season, he had an idea that he wanted to uh, give me a project to do for him, and it was to find the, all the players that played for him in the 61, 62, 63 seasons uh, their best three games, and take them from the old reel-to-reel to VHS and send them to them as Christmas gifts. And so I was in the middle of that project when he walked into the film room and noticed the game on the monitors and started talking about the game. He said, oh, I remember this. We were playing Notre Dame in the Garden in 62. It was in March. And he said, watch this next play. Yogi Poteet's going to catch the ball at the elbow and give a backdoor pass to Billy Cunningham. And, of course, that happened. And then he said, and they flipped it the next time down and reversed it, and Cunningham made the pass to Yogi. And sure enough, that happened. And he went on and talked about two or three more plays that would come in in succession. And so he said, well, you're doing a great job, young man. Keep it up. And I said to Coach, I said, wait, Coach, because he was leaving. And I said, when did you watch this game last? Because this was 89, and the game was 62. Mm -hmm. And he said, well, I know we graded it the next morning. So he well, hadn't seen the, the film in 27 years, and he could remember it verbatim. That is unbelievable. Um, how you and know? My reaction, John, was, "I'm never going to be like that. <laughs> Maybe I should quit now." But but that's why you go to 11 Final Fours, I guess. I think that's that's why you get the players that uh, Coach was able to get to come to Chapel Hill. Is, is it is it that genius, or was there more? to it was there a charm on top of it what was the what was that that it thing about coach that you'll remember most sincerity i think um you know like when i was a young kid growing up in columbus ohio I, you know i dreamed about being a buckeye playing at ohio state but going through the recruiting process coach smith was without a doubt the most sincere um and 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 maybe the most believable and man of integrity of all the people that I dealt with. I just knew that what he was telling me was the truth and what the picture that he painted was the way it was going to be. And with everyone else, I just didn't get that trueness, you know, that, that it was, that it was not made up and it was not fabricated. I thought he was speaking from his heart about the way things were. And that's the, I think that was part of his greatness that, um, and I'll tell you another story that kind of backs it up here. He would never over-recruit. Um, he would never tell you you were going to start. You know, He would never do any of those promises because he thought it was unfair to the current players. 
and it would not make you a better person in the end. And, you know, we had a young man on our team named Ed Guest, who was from the Virginia area, and he had a his high school coach was a coach that had worked camp for years, and so we took Ed Guest, and he made the promise to Ed that we wouldn't recruit anybody that next year in his position. Well, Joe Smith called and, and said he was desperate to come to North Carolina. We really wanted to come to UNC and play for Coach Smith. And Coach Smith told him he was loved him as a player and he was a great person. He was going to have a wonderful career, but he couldn't play at North Carolina because we made a promise to Ed Guest. And, you know, Ed never – he never played. He was a backup his entire career or a third-string guard. But because Coach Smith made that commitment to him, he stuck by it, even when it wasn't maybe good for him personally. Yeah, when did did Ed ever find out that he turned down Joe? Um, because Coach yeah. seems to strike me as a guy that was doing things for you, and you didn't even know it. Absolutely not. Would he have not? Would he have ever told Ed guess that? He would have never told Ed guess that because, again, he wouldn't have wanted Ed to feel bad, or you know, he just wouldn't. He would have done that. Dave Hanner is with us here on the Black and Blue Report. Played for, coached with. Dean Smith and a member of the Pelicans coaching staff. Dave, one of my big criticisms of college basketball when I left it, and, and it still goes on today to some extent, there are some coaches around the country who almost act as if they're little emperors of these college basketball kingdoms. Um, Dean Smith was not that way, yet he probably had every credential if he wanted to be that kind of a person. He could have. Um, why or what was it about him that was able to avoid, I guess, that ego culture, if you will? I think it was his upbringing. You know, his parents, I think, instilled a great deal of humility in him. And he he just didn't believe in, in um, uh, taking praise for himself. Um, you know, there were no pictures of him in the office. There was one picture with he and the four starters from, you know, the, the 82 championship team that were coming back, you know, but he disdained, you know, anyone praising him over the players. You know, uh, he always had the famous quote that, you know, players win games, coaches lose. And he really <laughs> believed that. He, he, again, all the credit he thought should go to the players. Um, but in that, you know, frame of humility, he didn't like to put, like when you walked in the basketball office at UNC in the 80s and 90s, you wouldn't see just Michael Jordan in a single shot anywhere because he thought, well, how does Mitch Kupchak feel about that? Or how does James Worthy feel about that? If he saw just that picture of, of Michael and not one of themselves. So he only put team pictures up. He wouldn't, again, because he thought it, it, it sent the wrong message. It, it formed the wrong uh, ideals and, and, and values for the team. He wouldn't he just, and again, he took it to the extreme with himself. You know, if you watch him, in any championship celebration, anything, it was hard to find him. He he would cut down the net. He was pointing to all the players while he was doing it. Were you telling me a story about him driving a car or telling you how to drive a car? Because if I remember correctly, it seemed like some of your best stories were the stuffs away from the basketball floor with him. Well, there was a time, you know, when, when uh, we would play at Virginia. It was We didn't fly. We drove. We took the bus. But he went to work, and he didn't want to work on the bus, so a lot of times he drove separately. And so 
you know, he would drive himself to the game maybe up there, but then he wanted to watch the game and work on the way back. So one of the assistants, myself or Randy Wheel or someone would actually drive the car back while he sat in the back with a VCR and a little monitor and would watch the game. And I just remember one time when I'm driving back about 10 or 15 minutes outside of Charlottesville, he, in his nasal tone, asked me up front if there was a problem. And I said, I don't think so, Coach. And he goes, well, why are you driving so slow? And I looked down, and I'm going about 68, you know. <laughs> but he just, he was one of those guys that wanted to get somewhere, you know. And he would, uh, if you were going slow, he would tell you to move it on down the road a little bit. Oh, no. While he's watching film. While he was watching film. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> Dave, Dave when, you, when, you, when you think about his legacy, and a lot's can be said and written about it all over again now here with us passing. Um, whether it's Charlie Scott or 11 Final Fours or the fact that he stayed on the one campus his entire head coaching career per se, um, what, what, is, what will be the mark left on college basketball or even basketball in general the most by Dean Smith? Well, I think it's his pervasive uh, pursuit of excellence across every field that there is that pertains to coaching in, on the college level. He wasn't good at one thing. He was good at everything. Um, you know, a, an issue would come up about a player, you know, maybe not in trouble, but something that, that went against, you know, the way the group normally functioned. And the way they would handle it with the player, with the parent, you could get the greatest psychologists and the greatest spin doctors in the world in a room together, and when it was all said and done, they would come up with an answer that he'd already given them. And it, it was that way with the X and O's. He was that way with dealing with the players individually. You know, he always had this rule that during the season, every decision made by the coaching staff and the university was what was best for the team. But the day the season ended, every decision by the coaching staff and the university was geared toward what was best for the individual. And that's why so many of these guys left early because when he talk, contacted, you know, Mitch Kupchak and you know Danny, Donnie Walsh and all the guys in the NBA, they would say, "Well, he's going to be a number eight to number ten pick, and that money you'd never recover if you didn't go." So he would advise them to go. And I, I just think his his genius and excellence was not about one thing. You know, ninety six percent of his players graduated because he had, you know, great help for them. He had you know, great insight into, you know, how many classes they could take each semester and how each kid was different. He, he just was a complete coach, more so than anybody I think I'll ever encounter. Dave, uh, is there a phrase or a saying that you yourself use now and maybe almost subconsciously that was buried into your brain by Dean Smith? Well, I, I, I don't think I could pinpoint one, Sean, because – Everything that I think about in basketball really comes from him. I, I don't. I, I'm not saying I'm stupid, but and that I don't have any original thought. But everything that he told me was right about basketball and about life. So it's it's hard to, you know, to come up with one single thing. But I will say that I think one thing that all the former players would agree on that he always had a thought for the day on the top of the practice plan. It was rarely about basketball. And if it was about basketball, it was how it related to something outside of basketball and life in general. 
you know, injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. That kind of fits him, doesn't it? It it does. And he had, you know, he researched his quotes. He didn't put anything on that practice plan that he didn't think was relevant and that was really, you know, tailor-made for our team and for young men growing up. And, you know, and it, it, there was a different one every day. And, you know, they, there were some that were revisited after a while, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but all of the thoughts, they, they, they really told you how to live your life, how to be a good person. And, and, and as it, you know, turned out for me, how to be a better basketball coach. Because there was a lot of, you know, the dealing with the team and different personalities, you know, that, you know, you never criticize uh, someone to you walked for, in their moccasins for two full moons. Well, you, then you had to do research. What is two full moons? Because nobody knew. You know, you had to, he made you research that stuff. But the, I think those his quotes that he chose on those, those days for practice may stick with me as much as anything he would have said. You know, to us outside, because he put so much thought into those. Well, I know it's an emotional time, uh, Dave, for you and the Carolina basketball family, and uh, and I can't thank you enough for kind of helping us learn a little more about Coach today uh, and sharing some more stories. All the best uh, tonight, and I hope uh, you get a chance to head back to Chapel Hill here during some of these remembrances over the next two weeks. But uh, we certainly love hearing the stories, and I hope they'll continue uh, as we get to con- converse on the side of the floor you know, from time to time. But I appreciate your time here today, Dave. Sean, thank you so much, and thank you for having an interest in, in uh, helping others to see what Coach Smith was all about. No doubt. That's the man I want to share as much as I can, even though I didn't know him directly. That's Dave Handers, Pelicans assistant coach, Carolina basketball man, and uh, we thank him, of course, for joining us today on the Black and Blue Report. In New Orleans, food is more than a passion, it's a tradition. And Zatarans has been part of that tradition for 125 years. From jambalaya and dirty rice to crab boil and more, Zatarans has been jazzing up dinner since before there was jazz. And we're excited about what next season might bring. Jazz it up tonight with Zatarans, proud sponsor of the New Orleans Pelicans. All-Star Electric is lighting up the future with the latest in LED lighting. All-Star Electric specializes in the installation and conversion of the newest LED lighting products. This lasting investment is virtually maintenance-free and offers significant savings on your next electricity bill. This is Tim Blanchard, president of All-Star Electric. Let us evaluate your building, parking lot, or home for an LED conversion because we know we can save you some money. I'm Linda, mother of two beautiful 13-year-old twins. While my son has brown hair and blue eyes and my daughter has blonde with green eyes, they both share one identical DNA trait. I hate spinach. No one leaves the table until you finish your vegetables. Getting my kids to want to eat vegetables, that's my purpose. Blend it now. Try the new veggie blends at Smoothie King. It's the tastiest way to get your kids to love vegetables. Smoothie King. Smoothies with a purpose. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Here's Sean Kelly. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. We continue on this Monday with a good friend, as always. It's Mark Spears from Yahoo Sports. He is one of their NBA writers and, of course, 
is a frequent guest in our program to get us up to all things NBA across the board, big board stuff. Uh, help us out, Mark. What are you looking forward to most when it comes to All-Star Weekend here around the corner? I want to see Anthony Davis play. Is he going to play? Yeah, well, that, <laughs> that is the big question. Mark, we're asking that question about tonight, let alone the All-Star game. So um, I'd be surprised no, if – There's a lot of yeah. different things I'm looking forward to. Uh, you know, I, I expect Anthony to play, and I really hope he does because I think the nation needs to see him. The world needs to see him. And you could probably rattle off how many times the Pelicans have been on national TV on the top of your head. I, I'm sure it's on one hand. You may not even need the whole hand, but uh, <laughs> may may not. Yeah, uh, so he's he'll start in this game. It'll be an up tempo game, which fits his style. He's he's gonna get a lot of oohs and ahs. He's the only one of the few guys I've seen play here in a, and I live in the Bay Area against the Warriors, where the crowd is going on on a visiting player. And when the Pelicans played here, they they did get crushed by the Warriors. But I still have heard fans here buzzing about how amazing he was and how fun to watch he was. And I know he's special. I know he's a MVP caliber player, not just an all-star. But Sunday in New York, I'm excited for him because I think finally everybody else could see how special this kid is, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if he ended up being MVP. Mark, the the legend of Anthony Davis is going to continue to grow, but how much how much was it raised when he hit the three pointer to beat the Thunder this past Friday? <laughs> but you know that's what great players do. You know, that's that's not his strong suit. He's not known for that, but that's the, that's the great players figure out a way to win, and that that's certainly a highlight that'll be on his. Real, real, probably for his entire career. And um, that was a huge win because of who they were playing. And I'm, like like I said, he's, he's just, he's special. And I, I really enjoy watching his play, watching his growth, not only of his game, but of his body. He's gotten a lot stronger and bigger. Uh, you remember not long ago how people used to just push him around. I remember when at the end of his rookie year, they stopped playing him because his weight was too low and they didn't want him to get hurt. Mm-hmm. Now he's getting pushing people around, getting put back dunks. I I mean, anytime they're on, I, I try to watch them, watch the Pelicans because I just know there's you, you got to wait for it because something's going to happen because of him. He's certainly one of the few players in this league. Well, I won't say few players, but he's certainly one of the players in this league that is worth the price of admission. Even if they're not a big NBA fan, I would say when New Orleans comes to town, buy that ticket because you need to see Anthony Davis play. Mark, where would you rank him right now? If I told you you could rank the top three to five players in the NBA, who, how do you rank it? Um, he, he, He'd probably be probably LeBron number one, him too. Wow. I mean, that's, that's how much I like what he does. And yeah, I, I just think he's that good. I think he's, he's perhaps past Kevin Durant, and he's knocking on LeBron's door. Well, I mean, it, I think I think when you look at, like you said, when he's on that all-star stage this weekend, and then perhaps maybe even a playoff stage here as soon as maybe late April, um, 
that conversation is only going to get louder and louder. When you, you when you what? think that's, that's the thing, man. And I saw it with Stephen Curry here. The love for Stephen Curry worldwide didn't really come until he got the team to the playoffs. And and I think it'll be the same for Anthony because the one thing about the postseason, you have a chance for special moments. Your team typically is the only team on, so everybody's watching you. They see you in a series. Um, he needs that moment for him to take that next step forward as a star. And until that happens, no matter what, what he does rate-wise, I think people are going to reserve judgment because he hasn't played in the postseason yet. Can he play? Can he or will he play in the postseason? You want to you want to take a crack at these three teams that are fighting for the eighth seed as we're hitting the All Star break, Mark? Um, it's, it's, it's going to come to the wire, man. I can't call that one. I mean, to be honest, I, I really have a hard time believing that Oklahoma City is not going to make it. But hey, they're scuffling. Uh, Clippers probably take a step backwards um, with Blake out. And so, like, this, these are things that, you know, a guy like Anthony Davis, with the help of a Tyreek and um, Eric, you know, that this is this is where you make a name for yourself in your city and people remember you. If they could get this team back to the playoffs, it, it, this will be a team that will forever be special to New Orleans and will be remembered. So I think they have a chance. Are the odds for it? You know, I I don't think they're the favorite, but I do think they have a shot at being in the postseason. Size of Phoenix for me. We're going to see them twice. The Pelicans will play the Suns twice down the stretch. Um, I saw them earlier in the year, but what what do you make of their progress right now? You know, they have a lot of weapons. Uh, They have a a deep bench. The Morris twins are really, really good. Goren is all-star caliber player. Bledsoe basically is a running back, puts his head down and gets a lot of layups. Not the best shooter in the world, but somehow he's still able to score. Um, Gerald Green is an explosive off-the-bench scorer. Isaiah Thomas, even more so explosive. I think Brandon Wright getting him was a fantastic move, and I think a lot of teams are going to regret letting him pass away to get into Phoenix's arms. Uh, I, I really like them a lot. I think Lynn, Alex Lynn, the center, will slowly get better. Um, but, you know, if I had to choose, I like New Orleans better as a team. And those games are, are to me, every game right now is kind of a playoff game for the Pelicans and the Sun because that one loss could be the difference between being in the postseason or not being in the postseason. So that's why these games against the Suns, the Thunder, you know, anybody in the play, I mean, really every game is important, but when you're playing against the Suns, it's even more so because you're trying to push them away so you could get in to the party. Mm -hmm. Yep. Well, it's going to be fun to say the least. Um, You know, we heard the commissioner over the weekend, Mark, uh, talk about the, the thoughts or the conversation about playoff restructuring maybe, you know, on his radar. Um, as we get into the All-Star weekend here, what do you think the off-the-floor news is going to be around the league, whether it be about New York City hosting or because everybody's there, we're going to hear more things like the commissioner considering playoff restructuring. What do you think the weekend's going to have for us off of the floor in New York? 
Well, obviously, I think Melo's a big story because he's he's on a bad team in New York, and he got voted in. And had he not been voted in, he probably wouldn't even be in the All Star game. LeBron is always a big story. Kobe will probably still stage whenever he has his press conference. People are always intrigued about Kobe and what he's going to do. Uh, two two other little side stories is who will the West start? Uh, who will Steve Kerr, the coach of the West, start uh, to replace Kobe? And it seems like it's going to be between James Harden and his own player, Clay Thompson. People in the Bay would say that Clay deserves it. Clay uh, told me he doesn't care. <laughs> yeah. James Harden's the NBA leading scorer, but he's 0-4 against Clay this year, and Clay's outplayed him. So that's an interesting. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Uh, then Steve Kerr also has to re- make a replacement for Blake Griffin as a starter. Um, candidates include the reigning MVP Kevin Durant and Lamarcus Aldridge, but I, I think I wouldn't be surprised if he went with his old Spurs teammate Tim Duncan as a starter. One last go around. Is that what you're saying with with regard to Duncan as, as a yeah, starter? Yeah, I think he should go with Duncan. I mean, this could be his last game. Um, and uh, just out of respect, I don't think anybody, any player would say anything. If, if I had to be a betting man, I would say that Kerr would probably go with Harden just because Clay hadn't been there yet. Clay doesn't care, you know, and, and go with Duncan. And, and I would really like to see Duncan in the starting lineup. Mark Spears with us from Yahoo Sports. Mark, does the city of New York itself play as a character this All-Star weekend? Yeah, I mean, but it, it's going to be – the weather is a concern for me. I, I live in California, man, and I got New Orleans blood in me, so I used to all that. So um, uh, I'm uh, excited about it. It, it is going to be a potential nightmare as far as Friday night and Saturday night that big events are in Brooklyn, and you got everybody staying in Manhattan, and it's snowing. Um, the, the varsity game is – big game is uh sunday evening um which will be great but you know new york does everything big i just hope the weather isn't a hindrance to that no doubt no doubt well my friends safe travels to you um and i hope you do see anthony davis this weekend uh playing that is I, i really think that when you look back on his career sunday could be one of those days where he he takes another step forward interesting very interesting. Well, good stuff. Uh, we'll miss him, I think, tonight, but uh, hopefully you'll get to see him this coming weekend. Mark Spears from Yahoo Sports. New Orleans loves you, Mark. Come back home soon now. All right. Tell the Pelicans to get me back. <laughs> we'll get you down here. All right. Thank you, sir. Mark Spears with us. Hey, stay with us. When we come back, we've got more to go here on this Monday edition of the Black and Blue Report. Just something about the tradition of it all. Even though Fat Tuesday and Cash Crew scratch off from the lottery, you could be feeling like a king with up to $3,000 or even $12,000 in your back pocket. Stop and pick up Fat Tuesday and Cash Crew today. Now that's better than the good beans, baby. Must be at least 21 to purchase. 
It's carnival time, and your New Orleans Pelicans take flight this Wednesday, February 11th at 7 p.m. when the Indiana Pacers come to town. The Smoothie King Center fills with Mardi Gras madness as the first 8,000 fans receive free Pelicans beats. Plus, halftime features the crew of Pelicans Parade. The Pelicans Fest pregame block party tips off the fun at 5.30 with music, inflatable games, and a whole bunch more. Tickets start as low as $13. Visit pelicans.com. Get your seats today. Mardi Gras is just around the corner, and Shreveport Bossier City invites you to experience Mardi Gras in the Arklatex, starting with the Crew of Centaur Parade on Saturday, February 7th. Cap it off with the Crew of Gemini Parade on Saturday, February 14th. Check out hotels and other things to do at Shreveport-Bossier.org or call 888-45-VISIT. It's Pelicans game day. This is the Black and Blue Report. Wow, what, a, what an interesting show today on the Black and Blue Report. A lot of it, you know, of course, is centered around basketball today. We'll probably be having that focus uh, the rest of this week as we kind of get toward All-Star Weekend in New York City. Uh, Daniel Salerson will host tomorrow, and uh, he will continue the conversation with Jim Eichenhofer from Pelicans.com. Uh, and whoever else may stop by, it seems we get surprised every day, which is a good thing for you and, and for me uh, and for Daniel, too, tomorrow as we'll uh, continue that basketball conversation. All-Star coming up, where things stand with the playoff chase, Anthony Davis, the whole nine yards. That continues tomorrow. Okay, um, real quick before we get out of here, how about some uh, something from the Pelicans locker room this morning? Quincy Pondexter had some thoughts about tonight's game against the Utah Jazz, whether or not they will have Davis or um, – or not, and uh, we'll hear what he has to say now from his visit with the media a short time ago. Yeah, we got two more games before the break, and um, you know we're we're really excited to to be in the position we're in. Um, we have to finish finish out the last two games strong and um, come with great energy, and enthusiasm, and um, you know get this thing back on the right track. It seems like it's a bit of a reoccurring storyline that you know maybe having to go without Anthony again tonight. The adjustment this team has to make, and it's probably used to having to make when players have been out of this team. Um, it's going to be tough if we have to go without Anthony. Um, we know he's a tremendous player, and um, he's one of the best players in the league. But you know our team's pushing for um, making the playoffs, and so we all have to step up. And um, there's going to be games like that when we're a man down, and um, we have to just be a resilient group and, and go out and fight for the win. I've talked to a couple of people the last couple of weeks about since you've been here, it seems to be a bit of a calming force, whether it be on the court or in the locker room, kind of a calming presence. Have you heard, you kind of see yourself? I haven't heard anything. Um, you know, I, they haven't told me whether they like me or not. I don't know if my teammates do. Um, you know, it, it's been it's been a great experience to be here so far. It's only feels like it's been months, but it's only been three weeks, and um, you know, it's just been an awesome time here. How much do you do you still maybe share um, the experience of having been in the playoffs with another team, and, and what it takes to finish out the first half the right way, uh, based on your past experience? Yeah, that's all I talk about. I think. They probably get uh, annoyed with me talking about the playoffs and being there and, and winning games, um, you know, because I've been there and I've seen what it takes to get there. And we're, we're so close to making it. Um, and I'm just trying to give us that little edge and, and give the advice that guys gave me when I was young and trying to make the playoffs. And um, I think we have a great opportunity right here. And, um, you know, I, if 
if we make it at the end, it's because we worked worked our butts off. And if we don't, I, I think we still worked our butts off, and and we're right there. Um, it's just we're a game and a half, and we're in a we're in a battle um, with some great teams to make it. And um, you know, it's, it's how you want to play basketball. You you want those odds um, to be stacked against you. You want um, to have to prove everyone wrong. I was going to say, should the standings and the teams around you be enough of a motivator? Um, definitely a motivation. Um, we look at it every single day. Um, you know, I, I, I'm always checking out the standings and seeing what other teams did, especially around our, our standing area. Um, but at the end of the day, we gotta we got to just continue to build. Um, this isn't just for this year. It's for the future. And, um, you know, we, we should, might as well just start our, our push now um, for greatness. Thanks. I hope he does. Uh, if he doesn't, um, you know, we got to go without him. He's one of the best in the league, but um, yeah, I, we don't know yet. Um, and I know he's a soldier, and if he can be out there, he will. So he didn't do nothing in the shooting? Um, he, he was out there. He, he was out there with us. Was <laughs> uh, he was out there. He's, he's, he's chilling with us. Before, before you were here, Utah played these guys really tough. Um, AD had to have two huge games to get wins, and I think Utah won at Memphis when you were when you were there. What what is it about these guys that makes them, even though their record people would look look at the record you know, night night in night out, they play very very hard. Um, I think they they compete with the best of them. They they bring it and they have some impactful players. When you have Gordon Hayward and, and all the other guys that um, are just that close to to getting over the hump, you know it, it makes it. Um, for a tough game, and um, it's going to be a, a tough battle tonight. We we're not going to come in here thinking, oh, oh, well, they're they're not as close to a playoff contingent as us, so we got this win. No, we're thinking, um, you know, they're going to come out and try to take our heads off at our home. Seven o'clock tip off tonight. Pelicans and Jazz. Keep in mind, by the way, the Jazz are the uh, is the team that Davis put his career high 43 on in Utah back earlier this year. So. Could have a very different look to it tonight. We'll need a big crowd at the Smoothie King Center. Hoping you'll come out uh, either for this one or Wednesday at Indiana or both. Um, we'll just leave it at that. Thanks again today to Dave Hanners for joining us and Mark Spears, too, of Yahoo Sports. Enjoy the rest of your Monday. We'll see you right back here tomorrow. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source. The Black and Blue Report.